Welcome to NFTs Suck, if you don't understand them. Hello, friends. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this podcast is dedicated to helping you better understand the who, the what, the why, and the where of this brand new world of non-fungible tokens. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of NFT Suck. If you don't understand them, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. We do this each and every week, Tuesday, actually twice a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays, 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Twitter Spaces. If you're listening to the replay, that means you're listening to the actual podcast episode, which is great, too. Uh, but uh, join us live one of these weeks on uh, Twitter Spaces. You don't need to download anything specific. You just need to have a Twitter account. I'm part of the Twitter Spaces Spark program. So we'll be doing this for the next 90 days, hopefully longer than that. Uh, so I figured, why not learn about the world of NFTs, meet interesting people that are involved in the world of NFTs, artists, projects, uh, et cetera, while educating people on the world of Web3, NFTs, crypto, D, all the above. I am far from a from an expert. I don't think there are any experts out there in this space yet. It's just too new. We are all students of Web3 is a great way to, to, to put it. So the goal of the show is to help educate, motivate, and differentiate what's really going on in this world of Web3. So uh, today I'm joined uh, by my buddy, uh, Red. He is the uh, brains behind the Nonster Project. I had him on the show a couple of weeks back. Uh, had some technical difficulties, was not able to get a podcast episode established. So I invited him back to the show. We were chatting earlier about what we would talk about uh, today related to Web3, related to uh, NFTs, the blockchain, where we're at with this. And he said, let's have a conversation around Web3, the blockchain, and intellectual property assets or IP assets. I said, I love it. Last week, we had the trademark attorney on to talk about what the law has to say about all this NFT stuff. And so we're going to continue a bit of that conversation, but we're not going to dabble into the into the law side because we're not lawyers. But uh, we will talk about and give our uh, honest opinions on where where we think we're, we're at and where we're headed with all this. So, uh, Red, welcome back to the show, bro. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Glad we're able to make it happen a little last minute, but that's, uh, that's, that's web three for you. Last yes, minute. <laughs> sure is. So let, let's talk about, and let's just give a quick preference. And there's a lot of ton of newbies cause we're all newbies to, to a certain extent. But when we think web three, what do you mean by web three? Well, you know, web, web one began right around the year 2000 and with the first, you know, air quote, internet boom. And then we had web two arrive with the onset of social media. And now, which was really, web two was all about, you know, us not having much control over what was taking place online. It was a very common thing for us to, to trade privacy for access whenever, just because that's the world that was created. Now, Web3 is becoming drastically different because things are moving towards uh, the blockchain, specifically in the world of artists of, of all different genres, musicians, traditional artists, NFT artists, uh, et cetera. And then, of course, you know, this world of blockchain, people are like, wait a second, what? No. So that's how we got to Web3. There'll be a Web4. There'll be a Web. These are different phases of the internet that somebody made up, but it makes sense. And, and it, it's, it's a great reference point to understand 
um, the the era of the internet that we're in. It was wild. Probably 30 or 40 years ago, we would have not have said something like that or been so excited about it. But here we are, folks, that the, 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 the future has arrived. So let's kick things off already with talking about Web3 and the blockchain and what it's actually going to do to transform uh, the, the world of IP as we know it. So I think with Web3 and the transformation of uh, IPs, I think there's going to be a lot more transparency directly from creators to consumers. And I think that we're going to see a very direct connection between artists and collect collectors. Ultimately, that will lead to like businesses and corporations trying to do the same thing where um, they give the people that are buying into it what feels like a more invested or involved role by giving them some piece of their IP. Got it. So, and let's break that down to a five, like if you're, if you're talking to a five-year-old, just, just so we can go a, a little bit deeper to be like, you know, layman's terms. Right. So what I, what I think the general sense of this is going to be that IP in Web3 all almost means like a sense of community to the people who buy into it. So if you buy an NFT that gives you a certain percentage of an IP, you will be more interested in that project, most likely because you have some ownership and ability to profit from it in some way for yourself. That makes sense. And in, in turn, creating a community. And exactly, act, and then creating more access for that. Well, we're already starting to see that happen with, and I, I, I often think about the sneaker world or any collector world in general. But as of recent, the sneaker world, because if you think of what Adidas has done for a minute in order to get a pair of Yeezys, it takes a tremendous amount of luck or a friend that works at Foot Locker, and that's not even guaranteed. But that right. access point of having to literally go. Put in your payment information, enter a sweepstakes or a raffle. And if you get picked, they're going to run your card and you get your shoes. And if you don't, your card doesn't get charged. You don't get your shoes and you move on with your day. That really, that the, the, the ability for brands to create momentum around gaining access, I think was a great precursor. It just so happened that Adidas just launched their NFT project with Bored Apes and the, a few other popular projects. And, uh, which I waited in line for all day long and did not get in, but that's a whole nother podcast episode. But my point here is that brands have, have been for a minute understanding the power of community and then understanding the power of specific access for specific members of that community. And I think a lot of that is really transferring over into the world of NFTs. Now, I just don't think that we, a lot of people expected people to get around artists uh, up and coming artists, new artists, seasoned artists, existing artists, people, artists that people don't know about. I don't think that people expected that a community aspect was going to be such a big part of uh, coming to learn about these projects through the form of an NFT. L let's talk about that for a minute. So, all right. So what, what specifically are we trying to talk about right now? And how, how brands have been able to start creating access points for people within their community and then also have okay. become hyper-focused around community access specifically within the NFT space. Right. So I think that the, ex I, 
I definitely don't think that it was what people expected in terms of community building when people would be expanding their IPs to merchandising rights to uh, people within their community. I think it's it's a, it's also reinforcing that this whole decentralized uh, like Web three finance is all about people like having as much transparency and power as possible, and I think that is like adjoining with ips of nft collections as well i think it's all about this sort of revolution of of people being the focus and having so much access to a role in their community that they're tying themselves to right i was just in another twitter space a couple minutes ago and there's a new social platform uh that was just launched last year and the goal of it it's called herd social and the okay. goal of it is to focus on specifically one thing, and that is building a community around like-minded individuals. So they throw you in a group chat with up to 30 people once a week. And every week that, mm. that, that group chat gets renewed and you get, you get, uh, you get put into a specific chat based on the interest that you've emphasized. And they do have an, NFT, cool. they, they do, they do have an NFT category, which I thought was pretty cool, but there's no likes, there's no follower counts. There's no, uh, analytics of, you know, vanity metrics, if you will, it is strictly around the aspect of being able to build community based on people with similar interest. Yeah, that's, uh, that's awesome because that, that really is what I I feel like this space is emerging to be. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's like tribal, but it really does feel like people are getting into these groups where they're very passionate about or at least the the core members are very passionate about promoting what they're a part of and like making sure that it succeeds. And it really seems like these early years and early months of community building are going to cement very strong foundations for the future. That's why it's so exciting to be a part of this now because these earlier projects that solidify themselves now will ultimately have those early fans that feel very passionate about like being early being um like people who are are paying attention people who get their community involved it's going to be a a, a it's going to be a success tied to the overall activity of the entity of the project it's not just an active artist it's not just an active marketing team it's also an active community that plays a role in the success of what is happening it's they're they're also you know taking part in word of mouth and like just actual promo or retweets or whatever it's all of these people contribute to the project's success so giving them a little piece of the ip almost almost feels like appropriate in a way because they really are helping bring it to life so giving them a little bit like uh, giving them some sort of opportunity to to get a piece of it for themselves is something that I I do believe is important and a great thing for these communities to be able to provide for their supporters. And when you say a piece of the IP, that just means, you know, you as the artist in the project, I buy a nonster, I own a piece of an existing IP. Is that what happens? Is that, is that what you're referring to? Well, in, I, I think in, in most, uh, cases, it's going to be things like Board Ape, where you have a little, like a small piece of the IP, where you can like you can uh, reprint it in certain ways. And I'm not sure what the full extent of theirs is, but I think you can like resell like some stickers or whatever um, within certain rights. 
And with our project, we we actually have a mostly open IP where once you buy your character, you have almost full rights to do with it what you want within our community guidelines. And why did you decide to go that route? Because we want as many people to be able to tell their stories with their characters uh, as we possibly can. We want these NFTs to be a very uh, active thing for people. We don't want them to just be a character that sits in their wallet. Um, Even though it starts as a PFP project, there's going to be many waves and iterations of these characters that come out over time. And I want this to be something that everyone can contribute to. I want these to be people's imaginary friends that they tell stories with because that's what they were for me originally. And it was something that really helped me out through many stages of my life. And I'm trying to give that back to as many people as I can, because I think we all deserve um, a really like healthy and uh, strong connection to our imaginations. And I I want to create a community of people that are as actively trying to tap into that as we possibly can. And I felt the best way to do that was with an open IP. I love it. So what would be the reason that a project would not want to have an open IP? Uh, Because people can create anything. Um, And I think that there's a lot of fear and uh, like stigma around just letting your community have like free range to do whatever they want. But I am uh, maintaining that we are a community that is working very hard to um, encourage positivity and creativity. And we're not really so concerned right now with negativity in our community. So we're just very excited to see what people decide to start doing with their characters. And what are some things people can do with them? You and I started this conversation a few weeks back um, about an idea that I had. And that's when that's the first time I learned that an open IP was even a thing in the world of NFTs. But again, we're learning 15 new things on a daily basis on here. So what are some of the things that could happen? Like, for example, you and I talked about creating a podcasting monster and you're like, yeah, I could totally create one of those. It's like almost, it would be comparable to a commissioned art project where I create the character and you can do whatever you want with it. And my first thought was, well, what would I do with it? Other than, you know, I could print t-shirts and use that in, in my branding. Is that what you were referring to? Right. So you, you will be able to uh, use it in any degree of your branding. You could include it in like promo material. You could use it in like banners. You could use it um, in any sort of like merchandise. But we also want people to, once they have this character, feel like they can connect with it and, you know, give it a backstory. And develop their own forms of uh, art around it that we may not even necessarily uh, have a vision for yet. Like someone uh, who's in the music world, if they purchase uh, an NFT of ours or, you know, a Neverbore, um, they will be able to put that in their cover artwork or write music about it and, you know, sell further NFTs that feature it as like part of their cover art or um, it, it like gets its own story that they that they continue to write it's it is an open ip because it's an open-ended project we don't know what the final manifestations of this are going to be of course that's the most exciting part about it too i literally sit a few times a week with a sketchbook and some pencils and some pens and see just what shows up um and i've and i think and i blame nfts for that i really blame nfts for uh in a great way for being able to continue to to poke my curiosity, if you will, of, 
of what's possible. And as I'm as I'm as I'm starting in the very very beginning stages of creating my own project, and and now figuring out that well, not only was this just a crazy idea I had to launch an NFT project, but this project is going to be a, a way for me to accomplish some of the goals that I have within my podcasting business, within being able to, to interact and build community around existing podcasters that aren't currently in my space and being able to really leverage all of that through the means of NFTs. And I, that's just fucking wild to me because we've never been at a point in time, I think, where our imagination can literally become a reality that becomes a reality that then impacts our business for the better. Uh, and then here, you know, yeah. here we are in a world where for the past 15 years, for the most part, we've been hyper-connected and digitally addicted. And I think a lot of us crave getting away from being the, the, the addict side of, of, of being a digital user and more to community side. I think, especially with the pandemic, a lot of us have been, or a majority of us have been very eager to get back to in real life, uh, you know, opportunities to, to hang with actual human beings because we're so digitally connected, but it's a wild, wild right. time to be alive. I say that a lot lately. I always have, but you know, this is one of the most exciting times to ever be alive. No, I agree. I, I was listening to uh, your your previous episode, and when you were talking about how Gary Vee can compared this to like the, the the creation of fire, I don't think it's that extreme, but I do think that this is an extremely uh, big shift in like where finances are going to be, and like the definition of artists and community relationships. And I think that this is a turning point that there will be no going back from. And I. I'm excited to see where it goes in all forms. And that's why I wanted my project to be open IP again, because I, I want it to flourish into as many avenues that might develop as possible, such as, you know, metaverse integration, AR integration, um, physical integration. I want all of these things to be connected. I want to create an immersive, expansive world in as many forms as possible. Yeah, I totally get that. And it's possible for the first time, you know, we are uh, in, a, in a point in time that uh, or place in time, rather, uh, that it's, it's never been easier for these things to become a reality. And we I think we knew the future would make life easier, uh, but at the same time, a bit more confusing. I think a lot of I, I get a lot of questions on a daily basis because of my interest in the world of NFTs. Uh, what this is all about, and I more times than not. I find myself a little stumped on what I can explain as far as web three. And I, I, I just, I guess I say it the same way I did at the beginning of the show. You know, we had web, we had different phases of the internet, web one, web two. Now we're in web three and web three involves the blockchain, which involves NFTs and crypto cryptos, alternative currency that's deregulated, decentralized. It, well, it, it is, I guess it, no, it's somewhat regulated. It's regulated by the blockchain, maybe. I don't know. That's a different conversation. Anyway, um, but the NFT, I, when, I, when I specifically answer questions about NFTs, which I'm not very good at, that's why I'm doing this podcast, so I can ask the questions and, and, and learn along the way here. But my, my, my best definition for an NFT is, you know, it's, it's number one, interest. Do you have interest in the project, in the artist, the community, what's taking place? Do you believe in it? Do you like, do you see potential? Like there's a couple different variables, but it all starts with, you know, go back to, to, to baseball cards or 
anything you would collect uh, as a, as a kid uh, or as an yep. adult, as sports memorabilia. It's the same, it's the same, same, same level of thinking, except now there's a community around it with access points to get closer to the source of what you're actually a fan at fan of right. to be in the first place, which is just incredible. I agree. And that's again, one of the things that like I enjoy about the fact that we have an open IP is I've been working on these characters for 10 years now. I've been creating their design. I've been working on their lore, developing their story, uh, creating their biology, all of these things. So when you buy into our project, you now have access to all of these starting points that are a part of our community. There's also going to be NFTs that are locations and they'll come with a story or a preloaded um, description of what might happen there. And people are going to be able to not only own a high quality piece of artwork, but they're also able to tie that in to whatever they might be interested in. Love it. Well, that's a great segue into uh, chatting about uh, what you've been up to, what you've been working on. You said you've been, you, you, we, we talked, you talked briefly a couple minutes ago of why you actually started all this. So let's back up a little bit and talk about how the Nostra project really became a reality. Uh, when you started doing this, when did the project start to take shape? And when did you decide that, hey, this is going to be an NFT project and here's what we're going to do with it. And these are our plans now and, and for the foreseeable future. So I've been drawing these characters since middle school. I'm now out of college. Um, and these characters have meant so much to me um, over the years, and I've never given up on them. They're something that I have just wholly believed in since I started drawing them. I didn't want to just draw something that anyone else has already told a bunch of stories with. I really wanted to make something unique from scratch. And that's really what I tried focusing on as uh, like directly as I could with what I, what I was doing with my art. And now that I'm, I, I honestly burnt myself out in, in the physical world for a while. I was doing all these different projects and I was pitching all of these ideas to the wrong audience and just not meeting the degree of success that I wanted to for myself. I was hardly selling anything and I really ended up getting discouraged and I started learning about NFTs last year and, and like, uh, I didn't get myself involved because I wanted to make sure that I did it as uh, correctly as I could when I decided to enter the space. So I learned about it. I took my time and I only entered the NFT space officially uh, this, like in the second week of October. So it's only been a handful of months at this point. And I genuinely think that this is the best uh space for my art to succeed and thrive. The connections that I've made with the people here and the passion that I've seen from other people and the way I'm able to connect with them, it really feels like this is the home for my artwork. And I can't wait to see where it goes in the next year. I'm excited too. And uh, so let's talk about the project. It's called the Nonster Project. How'd you come up with the name and the idea behind it? So... I was I was trying to develop the name for these four-eyed characters for a long time. I've called that the first thing that I ever called them in middle school was toxic gophers. 
I don't know why I chose that. I just thought they were like these weird mutant things. So I just called them something that sounded like that. And as I progressed in drawing them, I called them uh, Vetties, which was Yeti with a V, um, because they weren't quite Yetis. They were something else. And then in my sophomore year of college, I was sitting in one of my classes and I just was thinking of names, it like literally just thinking in my head. And like this name, Neverbore, came to me. And I was like, all right, that that sounds good. I, I like that. And I I tried Googling it and there was no search results. So I felt confident in claiming that name for myself. And after I had the Neverbores, like for a while, I was drawing them and developing their universe. I came up with other characters that were other uh, never, never named characters. There are other species of characters that are going to be released uh, post this first collection selling out. Um, and we're going to continue with that pattern until all the species have been revealed to the people and there's this whole web of a universe that's been created. Um, but after I had you know, several different characters already developed. I needed an umbrella to put them all under. And I came up with the name Nomsters because they're not monsters. They're technically aliens. Uh, they come from a different planet that is 500 times the size of our sun and is kept alive by a planet of gods and by a network of gods and goddesses that create an atmosphere that would be livable on a planet of that size because following normal laws of science, it wouldn't be possible for a planet that big to sustain any life because of the crush of gravity. Um, so they all have to work together to keep that planet habitable. And after a giant civil war, they were scattered all across the universe. And this is the story of the monsters that ended up on Earth. <laughs> I love it. That's all. I mean, that is a vivid imagination, my friend. Oh, thank you very much. My, Spent a lot of time alone. <laughs> so uh, I think we all have the past couple of years. <laughs> it's true. So uh, when did the project launch? So the project launched in the middle of October. Uh, we had a really phenomenal uh, initial like release. Um, I'm very grateful for the uh, initial push that we had. And since then, we've just been working hard to grow our community and uh, interact with people organically and just build. We've, we've been out a couple months and we're really grateful for all the people that we've connected with already. And honestly, the plans that we have for next year are just going to blow what we've got now out of the water. And so give us an idea, give us a sneak peek on, on, on some things that are, we can expect next year from the project. So next year, we can definitely expect uh, 3D rendered Neverbore project or Nomster projects. Um, that's one of the big things that's going to be an improvement. As much as I love uh, 2D, I really want to step into the 3D space digitally because uh, my main medium in real life is uh, sculpting. I love creating little figures, creating toys. Um, it's one of the things that I am like most passionate about, and I know that the Monster Project will have a heavy toy uh, presence in the future. And I really just want to bring a lot of different people together to create phenomenal works of art that we can share with the community. Well, it sounds like you're off to a great start to be able to, you know, number one, get the, the project, make the project a reality. Now the world of NFTs is just opening up a whole different world and a whole different animal. Yeah, I think that... I was thinking about that a lot too. I was talking to a friend this morning that 
I think that the, a ne- another wave that'll start to hit the NFT world very soon, if it hasn't already, is the world of photography. And I, I was just talking to a friend about that this morning as well. Yeah. I think that that's, it's, it's so untapped. Gary talks a lot about it too. It's, it's so untapped for the world of photographers, but the, the world, and I read that, that article I sent you this morning was, I didn't realize that was about uh, stock images until I got done reading it, but that was a great example. Anyway, <laughs> talking about web three, the blockchain IPs and stock images, you know, right now you can go to, you know, Shutterfly or wherever you go buy stock images, you go buy the image and move on with your day. The artist probably gets, you know, a teeny tiny portion of that, but the, the main right. beneficiary is StockX or Shutterfly or whoever right. sells the images and the content. And all of that's going to change drastically now with Web3 because that intermediary is no longer needed. Right. You can just sell your piece directly to a consumer and collect royalties. Correct. That's great. So, yeah, it re- it's it's a it's a very direct transition between creators and communities, and I think that's honestly at the core of the movement. It really is. I mean, I think us as a society crave the ability to take control back to the to you know as much as we can, you know, outside you know the the power of of government and figuring out you know what you know what what's possible, but being able to take back control. It sounds very you know. Uh, Battle-like. Anti- yeah. <laughs> we will take back the kingdom. Um, no, that's, that is, honestly, I, I think a lot of people are sick of, you know, the main distribution of wealth in the world. And I feel that a lot of people that are involved in this space believe that this will be a movement focused on creating wealth directly for yourself. Yeah, I agree with that too. And I think, you know, we're, we're also sick of the guru. And we're sick of the influencer yeah. and the, and the air quotes expert. And I think we're starting to embrace, you know, community leader, creator, artist, I mean, terms and words that have been around for a very, very long time, but have been quickly replaced by made up words like influencer <laughs> because I have 2 yeah. million followers. I mean, there's a lot of dumb shit on the internet and people have 2 million followers too. So that doesn't, that, that really is not amounted to much, but I think that here, what now web threes arrived and now we've got a filtration system is what you said and what you've built really built on solid ground as a air quotes creator. And, yeah. um, I think this is where, you know, the, 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 that will be, that will be extremely clear on, on you know, what we're the true creator and where the true community is. Somebody else said in that, in that space that I was in earlier today, that the, the creator of the space isn't, isn't responsible for the community. The community right. is responsible for the community. And I, I thought, yeah, absolutely, because they're the ones that build it. Of course, the brand's there to be able to establish a community and to keep it going. That's cute and everything. But guess what? If people don't show up and don't want to be involved, there's no community. There's no community. Exactly. And uh, the thing that I've been continuing to tell people is the projects that you're going to see last the longest in this space are going to be ones with passionate creators at the center. If there's just like a team of people who are making stuff and they're not really focused on like the art or like the future of the project, it's really not going to go anywhere because the story has no ground to really sustain itself in the long run. When you think about franchises that have been around forever, they're the ones that have really rich universes of characters and depth and different stories. Like you think about Marvel and Disney and Star Wars and 
Harry Potter and Godzilla and uh, what's the what's another Pokemon? Like you think of all these things that have been out for now like thirty years and are still pumping out titles that are making a lot of money, and those are all focused around stories, and they're they're not as much money as that corporation and those entities make. They are still focused on trying to tell stories like at the end of the day. And that's why they have the ability to stick around. So many people care about so many of the characters that they've created. And if you're in this space and you're not focused on making characters or telling stories or creating artwork that people care about, your project is going to fall to the wayside because there will be more passionate people that fight their way to the top tooth and nail. It's not it, it, not as fast as they possibly can, but as genuinely as they possibly can. Each connection they facilitate is going to be one that they're able to keep because they connect on a level of passion, not just a level of, hey, I think your artwork is great, whatever. It's, it's more than that. It's, I really believe in what you're doing. And that's why we're seeing so many, we're seeing such a distinction develop between projects that are headed by a super passionate creator and projects that are just in the space because they know that a lot of money is here and they're able to tap into that. Right. Yeah. And that's all. And then community allows, allows, allows the project to separate itself from that, you know, get in, get out the the flipping world, the ensure there's money to be made. There's money to be made anywhere buying, right. flipping, getting in early, et cetera. There's also money to be made in the long term. There's money to be made within a community of being able to show up every day, make those small chess moves that eventually move into that eventually turn into into bigger moves. Well, we're out of time, uh, ready, but I always love chatting with you, man. I love what you got going on yeah, with the course. monster project. Uh, all the links uh, to to connect with the monster project. I just sent a tweet out just now. Uh, to follow them, make sure uh, that you check the project out. I'm a firm believer in what the, what you guys got going on there and stoked to be connected here and to have you back on the show uh, and have another conversation around what's going on in this crazy world of NFTs. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Feel free to uh, invite me back anytime you want to talk about character creation or universe building or any of those things that I'm super passionate about. I love talking about it with other people. If you have on a panel of people, uh, I think that would be a lot of fun. So everyone can talk about their different stories. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, it was a pleasure to be here. Thank you for doing what you do. And thanks again for having me. Thanks again, Reddy. Happy New Year, bro. Yeah, no problem. You as well. All right, friends, that does it for another episode of NFT Suck. If you don't understand, and we were chatting all about Web3, the blockchain, and the impact on intellectual property assets with my friends over at the Nonster Project. Make sure you're subscribed to the show if you haven't already. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. If you're listening to the replay on Twitter Spaces, thanks for taking time out of your day to listen to us chat about what we don't know that we don't know, but we're starting to know more about, which is the world of NFTs. Wishing you all a great rest of your week. Until next time. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of NFT Suck. I sure do appreciate it. And I hope you're leaving this episode with at least one or two things that you did not know about the world of NFTs before you hit play. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Until next time, friends.